The world is wild and wonderful. There's so much yet to know. So here we are with questions. It's a what in the Sam Hill show. We've done the math. We've read the books. We've searched through archives. Oh, we're nerds and we're letting our freak flag fly. Letting it fly. Oh, we're nerds and we're letting our freak flag fly. Hello and welcome to all you nerds, dorks, geeks, wonks, and amateur intellectuals. My name is Erin and this is the What in the Sam Hill podcast, where I apply academic rigor to the mystical, preternatural, and downright weird, because I want to understand the inner workings of the universe, and I assume you do too. Today, I just want to hop on here real quick and do a short mini episode going over a news article that I read, because I want to get on a more regular schedule, but... um. Well, the holidays are going to be an issue, but also we had another death in my family. I have another funeral this weekend, and it just seems that people keep dropping like flies in my family. So if you could keep your keep my family in your prayers, it would be greatly appreciated. We have had five deaths in the last kind of little over a month, five weeks or so. So, um kind of a rough time, um, especially hitting right there at the holidays. So we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Understandable. I'm sure that you can relate. Um, we've all had our kind of rough times over the years. Anyway, so this is just a little mini episode going over an art an, a, a article about a study and it's been published over a few different sources. Um, across the interwebs, but I am looking at it at Science Daily, and I'll have the link in the show notes um, for you to read along if you so choose. Um, So I'm just going to go through here and make some comments, Um, but let's get started. A Washington State University research team used advanced radiocarbon dating to determine the often phallic-shaped monoliths, or stelae, at the Sakaro Soto archaeological site in Ethiopia's Gadeo zone were likely created sometime during the 1st century AD. First thing I will note, these are not monoliths in the way that, like, we talk about the Washington Monument resembling a penis in some way, um, or the obelisks of Egypt. This genuinely is, like, phallic shaped. It is, I mean, rounded at the top. It's not a pyramid at the top, and it actually has like a curve around it that resembles the head of a penis. This genuinely is stone penises sticking up out of the ground. It is hard to mistake for anything else. Um, But I mean, it's not that weird if you consider fertility of some sort is in every religion that I know of, I'm sure that there's some where it's not. I guess technically, well, technically Buddhism really isn't that much of a religion, but I can't think of, I don't think Buddhism has like a real fertility thing. They're more like abstain. Um, but even, you know, Christianity, you've got the virgin birth. So there is a, um, an element of fertility and new life in nearly every religion, Um, we ourselves get the obelisks from ancient Egypt through Freemasonry, and even that has a fertility component. So this isn't weird, except for the fact that they genuinely look like penises. Moving along, the only other attempt to determine the age of the more than 
10,000, wow, 10,000 steel monoliths located at various sites in the Gadea zone was conducted by French scientists in the 1990s. That reminds me of Easter Island where they've just got like these giant heads and there's a ton of them and we just don't know anything. But, you know, just like at Easter Island, they all kind of look the same. So it's not like you're getting... Um, a lot of information. It's not like the Egyptian obelisks that have hieroglyphs on them. It's not like Gobekli Tepe where you've got um, similar symbols across them. I mean, these genuinely just look like penises. So, it provided a far more modest construction date of around 1100 AD for the monuments of Tutofela in the northern part of Gideo. Under consideration as a UNESCO World Heritage Site, Sakaro Soto and other, ar other archaeological sites in the Gadeo Zone have the largest number and highest concentration of megalithic steel monuments in Africa. The standing stones range, wa range wildly in size, function, and arrangement in the landscape. While many of the monoliths have fallen and or are undecorated, again, like I said, no symbols, it's not like they're going to tell us... Uh, it's not like the Oum stones of Ireland, for example, where they actually have the language on there. Um, these undecorated. A few have intricately wrought faces and other anthropomorph anthropomorphic designs carved into the stone that can be seen today. Probably ancestors, if I had to guess. That's pretty typical of ancient religions. Despite the impressive nature of the archaeological site, little is known about why or how the monoliths were built. You could take that in, in that statement right there and put it on every single monolithic site ever. I mean, Stonehenge, other than it being very astronomical as far as um, the location of the specific stones, very little is known very little is known why or how. I mean, uh, a common feature of monolithic sites is that we cannot recreate them. Or megalithic sites, sorry. Megalithic sites is that we cannot re recreate them. We cannot currently recreate Gobekli Tepe. We cannot currently recreate the Egyptian pyramids. We cannot currently recreate Stonehenge. We cannot currently recreate... Um, well, pretty much any of them, but I'm also thinking of uh, Greece. Ancient Greek sites, um, not specifically like the top part of the Parthenon, but like there's an understructure that's even more megalithic, has even more giant stones than the top portion, and we cannot recreate that. I mean, the thought on the Parthenon is it's actually two structures. There's one that was built on top of the ruins that are more ancient. But yeah, we cannot recreate megalithic sites. I mean, we just don't have the technology, which is wild. It's also interesting. Now, I will say these are smaller than even uh, Easter Island, for example. Um, so they're going to be lighter. It's possible that they could, I mean, they could be built now. They could have been built in the 1100, in 1100 AD, probably. Um, although it would be more difficult. I find it even more fascinating that it is the first century AD, but I mean, the amount of megalithic sites that we have that are more ancient that we can understand is growing. The more they research, the more we find out. This is one of the most understudied archaeological sites in the world, and we wanted to change that, said Ashinafi Zina, lead author of the study and a former WSU doctoral researcher now at the State Historical Society of North Dakota. 
Zina, an Ethiopian native, originally decided to conduct a study of the stones after traveling to the region with his... Oh, his. Okay. I I don't know much about names, but it sounds so much like Ashanti, I would have expected that to be a female, a female name. Anyway, Zina, an Ethiopian native, originally decided to conduct the study of the stones after traveling to the region with his doctoral advisor, Andrew Duff, a WSU professor of anthropology in 2013. I get that. It's nice to study the area you're from. I highly recommend it. Uh, I There's even some cool things near me that I want to know more about, um, and they're not giant fields of ancient penises. So, uh, <laughs> it was shocking to see such a large number of monuments in such a small area. Yes, I agree. I would... It's it's really fascinating when you look at some of the pictures. Looking at the stones, many of which had fallen to the ground and some have broken into pieces, I decided to focus my dissertation work there instead of investigating cave sites in southern Ethiopia. In addition to pushing back the date of the earliest monolith's construction by a millennium, the researchers also determined where the ancient builders of the site likely quarried raw stone for the project. They also identified, for the first time, the earliest known sources of obsidian artifacts that were covered from the Gideo steel sites. Now, this will be really interesting to see where the stone came from. Um, and it's pretty common feature on these megalithic sites that these stones are taken from very far away. And, I mean, it's one thing to not know how they got put in place, but if you don't even know how they got to the site from very far away, it's going to be... Um, quite a mystery to then figure out how they constructed it. I mean, you're talking about technology that we just can't comprehend. Especially, you cannot comprehend if you are thinking of these people as essentially cavemen. Cavemen. We have a, a tendency to think of ancient ancient peoples as really, really, really backward, and it doesn't seem to be the case. At least not when you're talking about the supremely ancient sites, like 10,000, 12,000 years ago, um, if you want to look at the Graham, at Graham Hancock's work there. But, you know, even 2,000 years ago, they weren't as primitive as we might assume. Um, even the Egyptian monoliths that are uh, not, you know, the pyramids, um, we have no idea, we cannot comprehend how they took these obelisks and got them out of the ground and created these almost perfect sides and then carved into them. We don't, we cannot recreate that based on what we understand is their technology. So maybe they just had different technology. Um, another interesting thing is the obsidian and that's just because I think obsidian is gorgeous. Surprisingly, most of the obsidian the researchers identified at Sakaro Soto originated some 300 kilometers away in northern Kenya, illustrating that the people at Sakaro Soto obtained most of their obsidian raw materials through some form of exchange, exchange or trade. So, uh, again, pretty far away, but that seems like it's talking about the obsidian that was used for maybe smaller artifacts and not necessarily the monoliths themselves. Um... So it may be that these people did not have uh, the stones, like the uh, the megaliths themselves, coming from a 
pretty far place. While little is known about the pastoral and or agricultural people who populated the Saqqara Soda region of East Southern Ethiopia at the turn of the first millennium, the new construction dates of the steel monuments identified by Zena and Duff appear to coincide with the arrival of domesticated animals in the region and the beginnings of more complex social and economic systems. Okay, so again, we're kind of like... These people were stupid hunter-gatherers who didn't even have domesticated animals. How'd they do this? Um, yeah, wow, okay. Well, I mean, I don't have a cow, but I can go shoot a deer and feed my family for essentially a year as far as our ground is concerned. Um, obviously, once the kid gets a little older and if we have any more kids, that'll be more than one deer a year, um, and we have a freezer, so there's that. But, you know, hunting does not mean you're stupid, but okay. One of the reasons why this research is important is because it has the potential to shed new light on what the earliest peoples in this area were doing for a living, as well as what their cultural and social practices were. Duff said, I agree. Existing archaeological, ethnographic, and living megalithic steel traditions in the region suggest that the oldest steel sites in Ethiopia at Sakaro Soto and other nearby locations were likely created for two purposes. One, to commemorate the transfer of power from one generation to the next, or to record and commemorate group achievement. I'm sure it has nothing to do with religion, considering that they're giant penises. Um... That seems like, I mean, I get, like, if you're going to have ancestors, for example, with the uh, Easter Island heads, um, I would expect that you would be creating a head of an ancestor after that ancestor dies. But, I mean, giant penises? Yes, this leader had such a large penis. Let's create a penis statue for him. I That seems far-fetched to me. I'm going to say that there's a lot of religion going into this. And as we've seen in other megalithic sites, I mean, you should probably start looking at the uh, astronomy of the region at the time that these were created and see if that aligns, because I wouldn't be surprised. Um... It's just, it's un—it's unbelievable how this is, like, they're just assuming these people are so stupid and have no concept of anything as far as, like, uh, religion, a higher um, understanding of astronomy, or anything like that. I'm hoping it's not just because they're African. That would be super racist. I'm hoping that it's just because they think all ancient peoples are dumb, but mm, call me skeptical. Uh, the diversity of function of the seal in Ethiopia is really fascinating, Duff said. For example, we know that the more recently constructed steel monuments of Tutufela in the northern part of Gedea were used as burial markers, while the linear placement pattern of the earliest stones at Saqqara Soto make us think that they may have been markers to signify the passing of generational leadership. Uh, yeah, sure, I could see that, but at the same time, uh, I mean, you've got these the Nazca lines, and they have nothing to do with leadership. They have to do with the ley lines of the earth and uh, some water and travel and stuff like that. Things that are not uh, generational leadership in any way, shape, or form. So a line does not necessarily mean that. <laughs> and besides, time is not actually a line. Anyway, 
While the political situation and the recent escalation of the COVID-19 pandemic in Ethiopia <clears throat> uh, make following up on the investigation in the near term difficult, okay, I mean, I get that from like a travel perspective. It's crazy right now. The researchers have several future projects in the works that they hope to continue as soon as possible. One project involves more additional archaeological investigations at other steel sites in the areas with colleagues at Addis Ababa, Addis Ababa University in Ethiopia. The other is a project led by Duff and current WSU doctoral student Addis Alem Malesi, who are working with the Ethiopian Department of Archaeology and Heritage Management to determine how the steel sites can be better managed to preserve both the heritage of the region and generate tourism. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. You're probably going to want to create some sort of like walking platform similar to how we do in um, Georgia at the Okefenokee Swamp. And I, I mean, I know a ton of sites do this, especially like over dunes at beaches and stuff like that. So you have a walking platform so that these people can go and see the sites, but not actually do any damage to the base of the uh, steel uh, monoliths or anything like that. Developing a better understanding of the function of these stones and how they were erected were erected is, is really useful in terms of gaining a UNESCO World Heritage designation, Duff said. This could in turn help generate tourism revenue, which is a major economic factor for the country. And I will uh, state right here that I appreciate that, but... Maybe talk to somebody. I mean, I, I'm assuming there are still tribal leaders in the area that may have had a holdover religion similar in concept to what was there 2,000 years ago. I mean, in perspective, 2,000 years is just really not that long. For example, Christianity is still kicking. Um, and Christianity is relatively young on the uh, religion scale. I mean, look at Buddhism, Hinduism, extremely ancient. So I would say that the fact that they are not looking at this from a religion perspective or a cosmology perspective um, or any of those types of things is a really kind of egregious. Um, I, uh, I wonder if there is some sort of motivation behind that. I mean, it, on, the other, on the other hand, it feels like everything that is like big and ancient in the um in the americas they just say oh it's a religious site um because you know i've been down in florida and they've got like this giant pile of shells and they're like this is a religion site and you're like well maybe it's just their trash pile who knows <laughs> um but anyway i uh i hope that you enjoyed this i hope you had some takeaways i will be interested to see if any more information comes out about Sakaro Soto, and uh, actually, I wouldn't be—I would be interested to see if that first century AD timeline is actually um, still way too young, because so many of these megalithic sites are quite, quite old. I'd also be interested to know how heavy those stones are, and how they compare to, like, say, Stonehenge or, or something like that, because. Um, there is speculation that a lot of these megalithic sites were used with, or um, they were built using sound technology. There was actually that guy, oh my gosh, what is his name, that created the uh, giant um, thing down in Florida in his backyard. I'm Googling this right now. I'm not Googling it. It's DuckDuckGo, but whatever. 
Because they heard, his neighbors, like, heard him creating, possibly using sound to um, create this, like, weird grotto or structure in his backyard. See, now I'm just rambling and I don't know what I'm doing. I cannot find it because I'm not, my brain is not working. But, yeah, there's a lot of speculation that they use sound technology. I would be interested to know... Um, well, I'm permanently interested in knowing more about that, but I would be interested to see if actually as this get, as they, uh, as they do more digging around here that they find out that it's actually even older than that. I think, I'll just say I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope you have a great start to your next week, and I will see you again soon. Goodbye.